Hi everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth. And this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Good morning dear friends. We are sauntering in a very sobering chapter today, so I wish I could say this has got some chirpy bits, but it hasn't. It's just a a very challenging story, and we're going to just have to bite the bullet and get on with it. So let's ask the Lord to help us and pray for his kindness, his spirit to be with us and make sense of it to us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We invite you to speak to our hearts this morning. As we look at this difficult chapter, Lord, we want to not draw false conclusions from it. We want to just understand what you're saying to us and what you're saying through this narrative. In Jesus' name, so we welcome you. Amen. Good morning, Mary. Good to see you. So we're at Genesis chapter 19, and we have the story of God's judgment coming on these two cities. Now, remember... Abraham had been negotiating with God and the the interesting point to bring out which I may not have emphasized yesterday but I just want to pick it up is that when we go into intercession and we negotiate with God and we kind of put a case to God we will not convince God to do something that is against his nature and so Abraham has got a sufficient understanding of the nature of God to be able to say, God, surely you're not going to destroy the righteous along with the wicked. Good morning, Alison and Fliss and Mark. Good to see you. So he, he's he's basically arguing from a perspective of saying, God, surely you're not like this. Surely you're not going to do this. I think I understand enough about your nature to say that you're the God of you're the judge of all the earth. You're going to deal justly. You're going to do mishpat. You're going to bring justice into this situation. So therefore, I'm appealing you on behalf of the potential righteous people that are in the city to spare them. And so it's important when we enter this kind of arena of intercession and praying for communities and so on, that we pray we we pray we don't try and persuade God to do something that's against his nature but that we're praying along the lines of his nature and so that we can we're appealing to him and saying God we know you're a good God we know this about you blah 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 and therefore do you know what I mean so good morning Fran and Kathy and buenos dias Flor uh, so anyway, so verse nine, uh, verse one, it says the two angels came to Sodom. Now, there's just an interesting point. I know Tim will appreciate this, um, that the angels are clearly identified as angels, whereas the Lord 
um, that's the capital small caps Lord, which we know means Yahweh or Yehovah. Um, he's back delayed talking to Abraham, but these two angels come to Sodom in the evening. And Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. Now, that's an interesting point as well. Sorry to keep hijacking and jumping in. But the for Lot to be sitting in the gate means that he was a man of um, repute. Good morning, Sally. Nice to see you. I don't know where you are, but lovely to see you. Um, and um, so he's he's become a man of esteem in the city and is considered to be able to sit amongst the elders. Good morning, Joyce. Great to see you. Um, and so there he is, and he's able to observe the people coming into the city. He sees these two angels coming in, and when Lot saw them, it says, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, my lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. And they said, no, no, it's all right. <laughs> no, we will spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly and they turned aside and entered his house and he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. So there's some similarities, aren't there, with there, there with Abraham and the, his treatment of the guests. He's offering hospitality, but he's also concerned about their choice of staying in uh, just sleeping out in the square and it's obviously warm weather it wasn't going to be a difficult night to you know weather wise they're certainly not staying in Manchester or something um good morning Jack and Neelam good morning from India good to see you Neelam and uh and so they it, Lot is concerned about this decision and he wants to show them hospitality but now he's also concerned for their welfare and so he pressed them strongly. They turned aside to him and entered his house and he makes them a feast. I love that. So he doesn't just kind of do the basics. Oh, here's a dry old rich tea biscuit in a cup of tea. <laughs> He's not English. He's doing the proper job. He's probably from India, Neelam. And he's he's cooking them a proper vindaloo or something or a biryani, probably, if he's from Lucknow. And it will be the best biryani they've had. But but before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all to the last man, surrounded the house. And they called, called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. Lot went to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him and said, I beg you, brothers, do not act so wickedly. And let's pause there for one second. Right. This the the angels have gone to this city because God knows how um, wicked this city is. And they've come to survey it prior to judgment. And now these two angels are being requested as Lot's guests for Lot to turn them out to these guys who want to have sex with them out there in the street and just. The, the whole city has turned out, all the men of the city, young and old, from every quarter. This is, the, if, if ever there was an evidence of how depraved the city was, this is it right there. And I, th I can imagine the angels thinking, oh, yeah, well, there you go. The Lord was right, obviously. 
this city, we're going to put the mark on it to, to destroy it. Um, and so a lot is, lots thinking, no, 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 no. You know, they're my guests. Don't be so vile. Don't be so hideous. It's hard to describe just how depraved this crowd actually were. And, and then Lot, his response, in, on the one hand, he's saying, no, no, brothers. What's interesting is his attempt to build relationship with these guys and to influence them by relationship and to come into a place of civil responsibility in the city and to kind of get onto the committee and all the rest of it. All of Lot's efforts have been in vain in terms of having any impact on the moral heart of the city. So he hasn't influenced this city in the slightest in the whole time he's been there. So he's failed to make any impression on them morally. And they're, they, they just have, here they are, they've showed up in force to demonstrate to the angels just how sick at heart they really are. Good morning, Tia. Good morning, Nikki. Um, and so, yeah, Kathy says they wouldn't get a dry biscuit in her house. No, they wouldn't, Kathy. They'd get something proper decent, wouldn't they? And so, <clears throat> then Lot went to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him and said, I beg of you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters. Listen to this. This is appalling. I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you and, and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. Lot, we are so sad that this is how depraved your heart and your mind have become, that you could throw your daughters under the bus like this, your two virgin daughters, to hand them over to a mob of sex-crazed men who... Oh, just to do what they want to. No, honestly, it's just beyond our even, it's just, it's, oh, it's just too horrible to even think of that a dad could remotely possibly think like that about his daughters. And so he's, oh gosh, but they said, stand back. And they said, this fellow came here to sojourn and now he has become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than, than with them. They pressed hard against the man Lot and drew near to break the door down. But the men reached out their hands. Right, this is the angels now. The men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so that they were themselves out groping for the door. So they wore themselves out groping for the door. So here we have this incredible moment. They're out there. There's this horrible standoff, this ugly, ugly scene. And Lot is just in complete <sighs> dismay. He's got no answers anymore. And the, the people who he thought he'd established a relationship with are now turning on him and saying, you have always thought you were better than us. You come here and you try and tell us how to live, and you've always thought you're better than us, and you're the, now you want to be the judge of us, and we're not even interested, and we're going to treat you badly as well. And so, but the angels reach out their hands and pull Lot in, and they shut the door, and that sense of shutting the door is, all, is the same sense to me 
of when God shut the door of the ark. And it's like, no, this moment, this opportunity for this city is now closed. When God shuts the door, the door is shut. The day of grace that we live in right now, where God is saying, come to me, everybody through Jesus and be saved. The day of grace will come to an end. And that's the whole point of this story is there is a period of grace and the period of grace where God is not bringing his judgment comes to an end when God says it comes to an end. And that's it. The decision has been made. The door is shut. The angels supernaturally hoik lot inside and the men outside are all struck with blindness. And so they, in the end, they just get worn out trying to find the door, but they haven't repented of their sins. All they've done is got tired and they're, they're frustrated and angry. So anyway, um, the men tried to break the door down, blah, blah, blah. Verse 12, it says, and the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone that you have in the city, bring them out to this, out of the place. For we're about to destroy the place because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-laws who, who were to marry his daughters up, get out of this place for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-laws to be jesting. <laughs> right, so he has failed to influence his potential sons-in-laws who seem to have been out in the crowd, wherever they were, I don't know. But he goes to get them and they're like, no, you're just having a laugh, um, Lot. Don't be so ridiculous. And they didn't take him seriously. Lot had no traction with any of the people in that city, even after the years he'd been there. And even after his uncle Abraham had delivered them from the hands of Cheddar Leomer a few years before, they had forgotten all of that. They'd been completely overrun by this guy, this, this king, and his allies and his hordes had swept in and conquered the city, taken them all captive. Abraham had rescued them all, but now they had, Lot had no money in the bank with these guys at all. And it's so interesting because sometimes our best attempts to befriend people and win them and kind of demonstrate the kingdom to them and all the rest of it just falls on deaf ears because their hearts are made up. Their minds are made up that they do not want God and they want to stay in rebellion and stay opposed to him forever and take whatever fate is coming to them as a result of that. And so these sons-in-laws were part of that. They had made their minds up, sadly. So verse 15, as morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city but he lingered. I just don't understand what's going on with Lot. He's a ditherer. He's kind of got no, he's got no oomph, has he? He's got no fibre in him. You would have thought, having seen what he'd seen the night before, he would be up dressed, ready to go first thing in the morning. But no, he was lingering, dithering around. And so the men seized him, the angels seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him. So this is a demonstration of God's mercy. Now we'll see why God was merciful to him in a moment. 
um, and they brought him out and set him outside of the city. And as they brought him out, one said, escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. Right. I would be on my way. I'd be running like a hare. Right. And but verse nine, verse 18, it says, and Lot said to them, oh, no, my lords. Behold, your servant has found favour in your sight, and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life, but I cannot escape to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and I die. <laughs> what is he saying? Is he saying I'm too old, I can't run, I'm too fat, I'm unfit, I'll have a heart attack? Oh, I'll, what if I trip over my trousers and, you know, or my whatever on the way? And, oh, gosh, you know, and... And then he says, sorry, so he's negotiating with these angels at this kind of moment of incredible peril. And he says, behold, this city is near enough to flee to, and it's only a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. He said to him, behold, I grant you this favour also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Escape there quickly for... I can do nothing till you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar, which means small and little and inconsequential. So in spite of all of his faffing about, the angel shows mercy to Lot and says, sure enough, go to that little city then and we'll spare that one and you'll be all right. But but the point was that they were not to look back. They were just to keep going and run for their lives. The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the, from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities. And what grew on the ground, but Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down and saw Sodom and Gomorrah and towards all the land of the valley. And he looked and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. Wow. So they run. Lot's wife, her heart is still in the city. She looks back. And she's thinking, what, have I, what am I leaving behind? And she is judged. She turns to salt incredible it's just such a uh, incredible story and the city is destroyed and and Abraham steps out onto the hillside and looks out across the valley and just sees the smoke of these cities going up like the smoke of a furnace so it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out in the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived so God saved Lot because he heard Abraham's prayer. The Lord remembered Abraham and that's how come he saved Lot. Now, when we look at what Lot was, the kind of man he was, you think, was he worth saving? Well, Abraham certainly thought he was and God agreed with Abraham and said, yeah, I'll save him. But we, we read in the future in the Bible, it says that, um, Lot's heart was vexed day by day by the sin around him, but he wasn't vexed enough to get out of the culture. He got sucked into it right from the early days when he was attracted to the wealth and prosperity. And it seems that his wife 
And as we read on, we realise just how much the culture had seeped into the bones of his children. Hardly surprising, really. Um, and so, verse 30, it says, Now Lot went up out of Zoar and lived in the hills with his two daughters, for he was afraid to live in Zoar. So he lived in a cave with his two daughters. So he's become a caveman from living in the the um, wealth and prosperity and the luxury of Sodom. He's now become a caveman with his two daughters and a recluse. And the firstborn said to the younger, our father is old and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of all the earth. Now what she's saying euphemistically is there's not a man to have sex with us who can help us to produce children come let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him that we may preserve offspring from our father i know i'm just reading it honestly it's just appalling but you realize just how much the culture of kind of moral depravity it's kind of sunk into this family that the girls could think like this and they weren't there saying come on dad just wake up let's go and find uncle abraham let's see if he's got any young men in his team who we can marry because we're going to just you know we'll die childless if something doesn't happen but instead of that no they go into this very sort of uh, unholy incestuous kind of mindset where all they can think of their only way of resolving their problems is by thinking inwardly and it's just horrible and he said so they made their father drink wine that night and the firstborn went in and lay with her father he did not know when she lay down or when she arose we'll give him the benefit of a doubt i suppose um verse 34 the next day the firstborn said to the younger behold i lay last night with my father let us make him drink wine tonight also then you go in and lie with him that we may preserve offspring from our father so they made their father drink wine that night also and the younger arose and lay with him and she did not know oh, sorry he did not know when she lay down or when she arose thus both the daughters of lot became pregnant by their father the firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. The younger also bore a son and called him called his name Ben-Ami. He is the, na the father of the Ammonites to this day. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, I wish it was a better story. It is a, it's a difficult story, isn't it? It's, it's such a challenging one. And yes, it is a heavy chapter, John. And it's a challenging one, and yet it's very, very, very instructional for us. There is a kind of the compromise that took place in Lot's heart right at the beginning when he said, I'm going to go down and live in the valley and I'll be near those lovely, prosperous, wealthy cities. That was what the compromise took place when he wanted to have the things that the city life offered, even though... The cities had a legendary reputation for being evil even before that, even before he went down there. They were known to be evil cities. And yet he was drawn into that lifestyle. And he was not a man of conviction like Abraham, who was able to stay up on the high, you know, the high ground, if you like, which is such a kind of 
metaphor, isn't it? He stays on the high ground of the Negev, which is a bit harder to get a living from, but there he encounters God and he develops this rugged, um, robust relationship with God where God makes promises and enters into covenant with him and all of these things. Lot, meanwhile, is getting what his, his natural desires wish for. But actually, all he's doing is bringing his family into a place of godless, abandoned, really just tragic. And Abraham is receiving all of these promises and God's prospering him and making him wealthy, everything else. Meanwhile, Lot's got he's gone after feeding those desires and and he's just become a depraved, lost soul. So what is the what is the take home good point from the story? The good point from the story is that God listens when we pray, when when um, when Abraham, who had this relationship with God, was prepared to spend that time hosting the presence of God and just negotiating with him. God was interested. God was listening. God took heed of him, even though we might think, ah. Oh, Maybe Lot and his daughters would have been happier if they'd have just died in the in the judgment, and it would have. But God heard Abraham. God listened to his prayer, and that's the God that we come to. And oh, man, I just I I don't know how to say it enough. Really, don't be fooled by going after what this world offers. All of it is vanity, and all of it is kind of cheap rewards. But go after. Go after the one whose rewards are eternal. Spend the time hunting after God. Spend the time pursuing him. Spend the time dwelling in his presence. Spend the time building that relationship. Teach it to your children. Teach it to your children. God bless you guys. Have a great day. I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful, rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him but more than anything else, that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Uh, or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.